All right. Hello, hello. Welcome to another Bear Necessities podcast post-game edition. Man, what the hell did we just watch? I mean, it's at times when you watch the Bears, I swear to God, it's like watching a movie that you've seen a thousand times. You're like, I already know the ending, but maybe I'll get a little bit into watching some of the scenes again. Oh, I didn't. I I, I forgot that this happened. And I, oh, I, I forgot that this person was in the movie. But at the end, you know the <laughs> ending anyways. And it's inc- uh, really incredible how many times we've seen games just like this. Yeah. No, I mean, the Bears are who we thought they were, right? I mean, that's what it boils down <laughs> to. I think if there's really any game to point to as far as, you know, why there certainly needs to be coaching staff changes, um, you point right at this game. Of course, big divisional game on the road. And, and not only that, you had them. You had them yeah, like right where you absolutely. wanted them. And even I know we had texted a little bit about the field goal decision, right? Um, it you know, when you take the points to go up, it was twenty six fourteen, right? To go up by twelve. Yep. I get it. Um, uh, but the play the play call beforehand where you just run it and really just conceding that we're gonna take the field goal and drip some time off. If you go out and get another first down, that game's a lot different. Even if you still yeah, you know, kick that field goal. That's fine. That's cool. I'm not even saying you have to put the ball into too much risk, but a quick screen to DJ Moore that sometimes breaks off for, you know, a nice first down play or if it's a running back on a slip screen, you know, whatever it may be, just try to do something a little different where it's a high percentage throw where it's going to be completed and time is going to come off even if it's not successful. And they still still boggled it. Um, I mean, there's so many decisions down the stretch. I think the fact that on the second to last drive, um, when they're trying to run some some clock off, the fact that you just go two straight, you know, runs up the middle. We're not going to utilize, you know, yep. possibly on second and ten going to a pass once again, maybe a quick pass to DJ Moore, or even you know what works so well in the game uh, of getting Justin Fields' legs involved. Yeah, we'll, we'll stay away from that too. It's just like you conceded it, it, and you allowed them to to get the stop on you. Um, it was just, I don't know. They mapped it out for the Lions to get back into the game and, and they took advantage yeah. of it. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I wrote down three kind of key things that I think contributed to the loss. Um, obviously coaching being the big one, but let's stick to, you know, trying to stick in the moment of the specific game. Number one was I, I literally texted you right before it happened. I'm like, I just know I'm going to hate this third and one play call. And of course, it's a QB sneak. I absolutely cannot stand it. At, like it's one of my biggest pet peeves when on third down teams go QB sneak. I think it's the biggest wuss move in the game. Need to add some variability here. I mean, when that's when you want to hit them with your, you know, your changeup. That's when you want to get them, you know, trying to think that you're going to have a short little play, go for it, and then you still have the field goal. I mean, the one, the one yard did nothing. Um, I, I just hated that play call so much, especially with how Justin Fields has been scrambling. They've been over pursuing Justin the whole game on each side of him. One yard would have been nothing. Um, if not, if they send the house, just have a simple little blitz beater and you're getting the first time. It just seemed way too simple. And of course they go for it. I get them taking the points. I wouldn't have been someone that said like, Hey, on fourth down, you know, go for it in that situation. But at the same time, it does seem, and I still think that's the right decision. Let me, let me keep it there because then you open yourself up to them winning the game 
if they get a field goal. The thing that you could also point to previously was the fact they didn't go for two to get to 21. They accepted on their second touchdown just to get to 20. I think that's a concern there too. But really, as soon as they kick that field goal, the entire dynamic of the offense changed and the entire dynamic of the defense changed. The defense completely switched up. They went super hyper-conservative prevent defense that allowed this Lions team just to walk through them. And this is the exact, really the only times the Lions really scored in this game, besides for the one Tyler Scott fumble, was at the end of this end of the second half yeah. when they went super conservative on, on their prevent defense or whatever you want to call that. And then at the end of the game, when they also went into prevent defense, it's like you saw this happen at the end of the first half where they put points on the board how do you not learn from that and just understand, hey, play the same brand of ball you've been playing all game long. And when teams go up and they go on Matt Eberflus and Luke Getze, whenever the game's on the line, whenever it's for their taking, especially when it's for their taking, they crawl up into their little shell. They go super conservative. They have no clue how to win the game. And here's what's so frustrating about this is I really think that outside of this, Luke Getze called a good game. Matt Eberflus called a good game. The blitzes were timely. Everything just made sense. It reminded me a lot of looking at the commander's game, except this was just a better opponent, better defense, better offense, actual playoff contending team, Super Bowl contending team by some people's metrics. I don't know if I'll go that far, but you had everything. Four turnovers, four turnovers. This game could not have went better for the Bears, and you still lose it. And at that point, once you get to the point where Literally everything's in your favor. Jared Goff is throwing the ball over. You get special teams turnover, and you still find a way. The you're moving the ball well, and you still find a way to lose the game. Uh, there's there's only one sole answer, and it's every damn podcast that we get back to it. It's the fucking coaching staff. Period. Yeah. No, and I think that serves as a, a good transition before we rant the rest of the podcast just to highlight, you know, some of the good things because there was a lot of good things that was happening over the course of this game. Um, you know, talk about quarterback play. Everyone was really excited to see what Justin Fields could do. He played a really solid game, um, really well, actually. Of course, was, you know, lethal on the ground. You know, no super big pop plays, but, you know, some of those runs that were definitely still 15-plus um, which still, you know, kind of ripped the heart out of the defense on those drives, uh, sustained a really nice drive in the fourth quarter um, and ate up a lot of clock. It was looking really good um, up up at that point. Um, so Justin Fields played really well. I love the throw to DJ Moore um, where he utilized yeah. the, that seam route um, and just, you know, perfect lead on it right in stride. Yeah. You couldn't have drawn it up any better. A little quick roll to his right. Um, you know, saw Great the play field. call there, too. Yeah, and I think he saw the field pretty well today. I don't really see too much hesitation. And, um, yeah, it really took what the defensive line gave him, too, where, you know, kind of trying to press up wide, not allowing him to escape. He did a good job of stepping up into the pocket. Um, so I think Fields had a really strong game. Uh, Montez Sweat got his first sack as a bear. Um, I think that the defensive line was generating pressure at some points during the game. It was just during the crucial parts, you know, it was just during yeah. the crucial parts of the game where they didn't get that pressure. I mean, you want to talk about on that drive when you're up 26 to 14, that's the drive. You need the pass rush to come alive. You know, you need 
You yeah. need a sack. Get that offense out of schedule. Um, but at least Montez Sweat was able to record a sack. Obviously, the secondary played really well. Um, and Tremaine Edmonds got in on the, the interception fun as well. Or the linebackers got two of the three picks. Um, yeah. Because TJ Edwards, uh, Tremaine Edmonds, uh, really active picking off the football. Tyreek Stevenson got his first interception. All around the defense, kind of like you know what you said for the offense as well. Um, or what you're talking about as far as them scoring on like the two minute kind of drives right at the end of the half. And, you know, on those drives at the end of the game, they played really good on everything outside of that. Um, but as soon as they started giving up everything underneath and, you know, were put into those tough, critical situations, they folded and uh, just not what you yeah. can have, unfortunately. Yeah. And I, I get people that'll come out and, and criticize, hey, if Tyler Scott didn't, you know, slow down a little bit, there, trying to adjust for the ball. That's probably completion ends the game pretty much um, or almost certainly would take that very, very, very low. It'd be very difficult for uh, the lines to come back from that. But with this coaching staff, who knows even uh, <laughs> it's always on the table, <laughs> but I get that criticism. I get the criticism. Hey, Justin Fields got strip sacked, but like, dude, you won the turnover margin so, so well, like you, you won the turnover margin by a fat number, like, Justin Fields was making plays for you as being a positive player. It's just the situation. It just, it, what's clear is that the people who are not ready for the situation are the coaching staff and they can, you know, sure. I, I think more talent would help, but at the same time, I don't know because it just seems like as soon as we get a lead, we don't know what to do with it. And I'm just so confused why this seems to be like the recipe Whenever Justin Fields is in the game or like it'll actually let me say this. This seems to be the recipe whenever we play a superior opponent to us talent wise. Um, you look you literally look at the roster and it just seems like when we're playing against the Raiders, we'll keep the foot on the gas because we feel like we're better than them. But on the teams that you actually should be keeping the foot on the gas, they pull back. And I just, I, it's honestly just laughable at this point because how many of these games did we see? This is exactly how we lost the Denver game. And with the Denver game, sure, I think you can say they're an inferior opponent. But it's like anytime we go against a half-decent coaching staff, that, and I'll really point to that, half-decent coaching staff, that's when everything just gets completely shut down. And I don't know how much the results change if you add in, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr., Jared Verse, whatever you want to say, a new left hat, whatever you want to say, Caleb Williams. I agree. I agree to that extent for all the, you know, people that really want to keep Justin. I don't think the result's going to change regardless. I think when we talk about the Bears potentially moving on from Justin, it's because that's the sad reality of the situation. This coaching staff has put him in a horrible position time after time again, and they can't, play call to save their life in crucial minutes that I, I just, I, I don't get it. And I'm going to say, you know, still a fan of Ryan polls. If you return the same coaching staff, that's criminal. Like that is an inexcusable yeah. offense. Yeah, it really is. And you know, we've said it before on this podcast and I'll go ahead and say it again. Really, no matter how well Justin plays the rest of the season, it's going to be up to this next coaching staff. I mean, yep. I, I hate to say it, but that is really just the reality of it. Um, you know, the next coaching staff and I guess those conversations that they have with upper management, you know, talking about with Cunningham and, and Ryan Poles, that's ultimately going to be the deciding factor of what happens. Um, but 
Yeah. I mean, continuously. And it's also too just to hammer at it, not utilizing his strengths down the stretch too. Like you said, we just go completely yeah. out of character, change up the game plan. And it's like, we have something that's been working the whole game and, and you played right into their hands. Um, it's just, yeah. It, uh, as much as I like good defensive football and trust me, I, I do appreciate good defense. Just that conservative way of playing football is just a little bit dated with how well and how offensively geared the league is right now. It's really tough to go out and, and win that way, no matter how good your defense has been playing over the course of the game, and especially when you also make those similar alterations to your defense and put them on the back foot by basically surrendering a first down. Um, it, it also needed. just so. feels like this coaching staff is just okay with losing at this point. Like, I mean, these guys, after it's the Lions odd. scored, the way, yeah. the way that these guys trotted out on the field, not a single one of them believed they were going to win this game. There were sad sacks already. They are all thinking they were going to lose the game, including Justin. Justin had his head down walking out because he knew what was coming. You And like, let me also say this. When you get to the 10-yard line with this defense or within the red zone, Eberflus, start calling some fucking timeouts, man. Like, we we could have had the ball with, like, a good minute and a half rather than 30 seconds left on the clock if Eberflus just used some of the timeouts. And then at least you can just clock the ball, you know? But instead, we have 30 seconds, two timeouts. And, like, realistically, with a young team, you're not winning that against a superior opponent i i can go on and on but like how many how many times have the bears been up by two scores two scores you need multiple scores and in this case 12 points okay and if they get the ball back all they need to do to get the first is get the first down and they can end the game and they end up doing two runs up the gut a horribly schemed throw and then they pump the ball away immediately. It's almost like they take off no time off the clock. Yeah. There was two and a half minutes left, and they had all their timeouts. Two and a half minutes, even without any timeouts? Like, I also just don't get it from a strategy perspective. Because if you're thinking, if you're Eberflus, you're thinking, oh, let's just burn their timeouts. They still have two and a half minutes left to go to the field. That's plenty of time to clock the ball multiple times. Like, I, I would understand the idea of like, okay, let's just make them burn their timeouts. If there was like, 30, 45 seconds left, even a minute, I could I could be convinced. There was two and a half minutes left on the clock. Just play your damn offense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it was. And I know it's not something that people like to often talk about because it's, I wouldn't necessarily say a touchy subject, but I don't know. It just feels wrong to do. But, you know, you talked about taking the timeouts as soon as the Lions are in the 10-yard line. Honestly, the one thing that comes back to the cross of my mind and even my, my brother was texting me about this is like if we want to see fields and what he can do and go ahead and ball out. And it's just like if this season is so much so about what he can prove to you. I know teams don't like to do it, but why don't you let the yeah. Lions score, especially on that Gibbs, that first yeah. run? Why don't you let him walk into the end zone and that way you don't have to burn any timeouts and boom. OK, Justin. Go win this game. Teams for do us, it, <laughs> you know, or go get a time field goal. Yeah. You know, like why wasn't it, it's just it plays back into that conservative mindset that I bet you that never even crossed their mind. They never thought about taking a deficit and just having the offense go ahead and, and score on the last possession. Like the whole time it was about finishing it on defense. And obviously 
once again, yet again, for this Bears team did not work out. It's been incredibly frustrating, man. And this just goes back to like just the the co- differences in coaching staffs and how much it can do for your team. The, the Bears had the Lions number all game, all game. And very often in football, you can look at how a team is and you can really judge their overall performance in a few key moments of the game. The number one, the number one is opening drive of either the first or the second half, whichever that you start with the ball with, the success there. How you play at the end of the first half, if you're able to score and go into the end zone and go into the tunnel and, and go to halftime. And then how you play at the end of the game, too. Those four critical moments, if you're winning more often than not in those moments, you win the game. And the Bears were only able to win one of those moments, which was getting a stop on the Lions' first drive. The Lions crushed them at the end of the first half. They crushed them at the end of the game. And on top of that, they also... The the funniest part about this is the Bears' time of possession, they killed the Lions on. They It was like 25 minutes to 15 minutes with like two minutes left in the game. Like, you, you got to be kidding me. I, literally everything, everything that the Bears did was perfect in all moments besides that that were the most important. And when you have that, I mean, you just cannot win with a coach when that's the case. We're going to like the best case scenario for this team is becoming like the Chargers, to be completely honest with this head coach, where you're just like win, winning against bad teams, but then have not have nothing uh, when it comes to the postseason. Whenever something's on the line, you blow it like that. Not not to be <laughs> rude, but not to be not to offend Chargers fans. But uh, that's kind of like kind of oh, best no, case scenario for this team. True. Yeah. Yeah. I just, um, even like, I mean, I think there's a lot of moments when we were sitting there probably with like six minutes left, you know, the bears, we were like, man, when's this bears drive going to end here? Like they're killing so much clock. I was thinking through my head. It was like, okay, like people are going to be like, this is how Matt Everflus is going to win football games. And I was going to yeah. take it and be able to just be like, Hey, you know, this is how a Matt Everflus team wins. And I was going to kind of have the same response as you as be like, I could see Iberflus, you know, as they continue to build and stack talent, like, sure, you know, maybe he can coach them into the playoffs, but you just know, you just know with him that they're not going to be able to get it done. It's just like, how much case in point do you need? How much evidence do you need? Um, And and I guess conveniently for us Bears fans, he provides it to us nearly (laughs) weekly. Um, it's just dis- it's just disappointing because this was the chance to, I guess, go ahead and get that division win. Um, and, you know, you kind of wish that that urgency, that want to just finish strong, just and you have a chance to beat the Lions. No one's really no one was seriously giving you too much of a shot. You know, maybe people are thinking trap game, but it, it's just it's unfortunate on yeah. so many levels. You know, I, I just I wonder what is like the bears locker room after like a win like that? Not a place that, you know, you'd want to be, I don't think (laughs) it's probably pretty rough. It's, it's really, really hard to watch this team at times. Again, it gets back to what we've kind of coined on the show, this coaching staff's ability to just lose games. The propensity to win is incredibly low. And like, it's, it's not one of those things where it's like the Matt Nagy era where you're like, Oh, the play calling is, is bad. Like overall, like the, the what the offense just doesn't make sense. 
they can play a good game for 90% of the game, but then in the 10% where things matter, they just, they go into their hole. I mean, how many, at, to let's be honest here, how many games would this coaching staff have won with just like the slightest bit more competence in the last five minutes of a game? I, I think you might even be able to put together Man. a winning record at this point. <laughs> it would be, it would be, I mean, you could say, I think with, a lot of confidence. It'll at least be double the wins of this coaching staff of the mask yet. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, especially last year. <laughs> it would probably be at least yeah, 12. Especially last year. I mean, we're talking yeah. about like last year, I think we had eight games within one score. You get you win half of those, that's four extra wins. You win the Denver game, that's five it, extra wins. This know, is that's a good that's a good year for this coaching staff. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy because a lot of times, too, you take those one possession games and like you look at the Vikings last year and you're like, oh, like what great like bounce of ball luck. And you would think you would look at how the Bears have fared um, in one possession games and think it's like the exact opposite where it's like, man, it's just bad bounce of ball luck. And it's like it's 100 yeah. percent not. No, <laughs> it's like it's actually just been we bad had great coaching. luck today. And I think that's. Yeah, no, it was unbelievable. Um and man, after this, they get to follow it up with another division game. And I was just thinking to myself here, they're about not that this matters and not that we're thinking they're a playoff team anyway. But you say probably one more loss probably does it on playoff hopes, right? I guess maybe an eight and nine team could maybe make it, but not as a wild card. It'd have to be well, a bad this division. Is, this is honestly what I was getting very close to saying coming on the podcast. If, how do we have won this game? You go to the Vikings who has Josh Dobbs, who I will say has been performing well, but at, the, at this point to me, I'm just waiting for it to collapse, kind of fall apart. Okay, you think if you win this game, you think, okay, maybe you go and win that game. You get the Lions back at home. You just beat them a week before. Okay, maybe you can win that game. And then you go, it's honestly hilarious how bad the schedule is. Browns, Cardinals, Falcons, Packers. I mean, if you, this was the perfect time in the season for this coaching staff. And that's why I, oh, yeah. I said to you, it, it, it seems like this game really was going to kind of cement whatever was going to come in this postseason. And I think it, it was kind of the perfect statement game in a bad way. Like you could have made a statement here, say, and go into the NFC North, you know, who, who's evidently going to be the winner, clearly the winner of the NFC North, the Lions, take a game from them at home. And then you're thinking, hey, the first time ever in Matt Eberflus's career, we've just put together back-to-back wins. <laughs> Maybe we can go on a run here. And you you know, Montez Sweat's playing good. The defense was playing better. Everything, to me, everything was on, on, on the table. I will say, and like, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. I do think that this team could finish going like 500 from weeks like kind of since the Commanders game. I, I think that this this team could win an extra three games here, um, which I don't think is good because it's going to yeah. lead into Ibraflus's philosophy that, hey, if we just didn't play the first four weeks of the season, we'd be 500 right now. Like, yeah, but those happened, and they're fucking horrible to watch. <laughs> such, such a loser's mindset, man. I just... So much of it's about progress and not winning games, and it's sick. Yeah. Like, unfortunately, progress is made in the win and loss column, and we're sitting with the same number of wins. Like you said, 
this this year will probably be an improvement on wins from last year. But when you're talking about improving upon three wins, it's uh not a high bar to yeah. jump over, especially with how bad some of the teams, how many backup quarterbacks are playing in the league right now. And you just got two wins this season from your backup quarterback. So if anything, you should be sitting pretty. with this schedule. Six, <laughs> but, six wins with this schedule, in my opinion, is like worse than three wins with the last schedule, to be completely honest. We played horrible teams this year. This was the perfect year. This was the perfect year to put together an eight, you know, not eight and eight. I guess now it'd be like an eight and nine, a not like a nine and nine and eight season. And like you, if you're Eberflus, you're, you're you get a, the vote of confidence from the fan base. They're like, okay, you know, th- like yeah. this is fine. But again, you go in, lose a game you shouldn't have lost. <laughs> this is fine. Yeah, this is fine. <laughs> Uh, and like, yeah. let's not pretend like you didn't just lose. Also, I completely forgot about this. Uh, essentially, the same game to the Saints. You had the Saints number all almost the entirety of that game and weren't, wasn't able to win that. Oh my God, man! Yeah. Well, now we're talking about to go eight and nine. This team has to go five and one down the stretch, and uh, I can tell you right now that's not going to happen. Um, three and three sounds like a good bet. Honestly, if you, yeah, what if this team they just like they're just gonna go, they're just gonna go win, loss, win, loss, win, <laughs> like they're gonna put together no streaks at all. It's not gonna be a winning streak, not gonna be a losing streak. Oh my god, <laughs> just keep alternating. If it okay, if the over under right now was put at two and a half, what are you taking? Two and a half, okay. Let me let me look at the. Full I'll read. I'll read it to you. Quick. Let me. Vikings at Vikings, oh, okay, Lions yeah. at home. At Browns. Cardinals at home. Falcons at uh-huh. home, and then at Packers. Okay, here I'll take you like week by week my line of thinking because sometimes with the Bears I think you have to have like an unorthodox yeah. way of thinking too. You have to give them like one game that you think is like they shouldn't win, but they might, they'll probably will just because maybe a team plays down to them. And then you also got to give them a flip side. Like, yeah, you know, I look at the Cardinals game and go like, ah, yeah, they should win that game, but they yeah, probably won't. I don't think they're going to win that game. Actually, <laughs> look, at- actually, well, Kyler's yeah. playing too. So maybe that becomes the Browns game. Then we're like, ah, you know, what? okay. I think win versus the Vikings, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So that's one to know for the rest of the way. Lions at home. You know, golf in, in the winter time in Soldier Field, you never know how how that could play out. But I'm gonna give them the loss there. So I'm gonna go there at one and one. Browns. Browns. I'm gonna give them the win, but I could see that game completely broken up by the Browns pass rush. Like that mm-hmm. could get ugly. Potential to be bad. Loss to the Cardinals. So two and two. I think they lose to the Falcons and end the season on a high note with a win against the Packers. Three. So I think I think they could hit I think they can yeah. hit that three. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of agree with you here. God. Oh, oh, we're playing on Monday night football next week. Yes, sir. You that can always be a win. Primetime bears. That can baby. always be a win. That's when Eberflus feasts. <laughs> 
Man, only if it was a Thursday, I'd be a hundred percent confident. <laughs> you know? Oh my! Well, we did beat the. Uh, we did. I honestly feel like the. You just never know with this coaching staff. Like they, I don't know how, but they're able to put together statement games every once in a while, and then just have everything else collapse. And it, I think it goes back to it seems like they draw up this offense from scratch every single week. Like it seems like it's a completely new and different scheme every single time they hit the field. Um, yeah, this is... I hope that... Also, the one other thing I want to add, I, I really hope Dante Foreman's okay because, it again, the team kind of regressed quite a bit when he came rough. out. He is clearly the best running back on the field, in my opinion. That looked like a rough injury. Um, Lucas Patrick, I mean, I hope he's okay. He got demolished on that block and that was a clean block too like he just got put on his ass um i think he's got a back injury so we'll see how that goes fields was a little uh a little upset with dan feeney <laughs> at some parts um you know but also too really shows you i think that's also like even more vote of confidence that cody whitehair will be gone because he just can't snap anymore you know like you think that would have been his moment but obviously at center just can't be trusted so it's Dan Feeney that gets the nod. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. What a week. What you know, and week. I was feeling so good about predicting the win. I really thought I had it there. I really thought I really thought I, I called it. And then they just always take you to new, like, it's just they always take you to new adventures. I mean, it's you always know the end result, but, you know, you, you never know the process to get there. It can it can be an exciting process, but the result is always the same. Oh man, I feel for Justin Fields. Yeah. I do have to say because I felt I I felt like man, this this team is really starting to pick up a little bit, and like he was playing well. I mean, really avoided negative plays the whole game, made some positive plays. Like, and that's what I want to see out of Fields, honestly, for the rest of the year. We know that like there's going to be games where he's just going to go off. But it's like, how can you play when you're having like not the most explosive day? And this is this was perfect game for him. You get a touchdown. You're doing well on yeah. the run. You're making key throws when they need to be made. You're limiting negative plays, and like that's the perfect game. I mean, like for for a game where you're not really feeling it, where everything's not a hundred percent clicking. I don't know, man. Yeah. No, I thought it was a really good performance by Fields and didn't even show rust. I feel like, you know, those few weeks probably allowed him to get back to to where he was, maybe energy wise, even though he was dealing with the injury and also too just a little mental break. And I think he came back real focused, was was sharp and um, you know, more than anything, just made good decisions and and made them quickly yeah. as well. I don't think there weren't too many instances where I was sitting back there, you know, like throw, 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 like it had been earlier in the season. So, yeah. oh, man, it's frustrating because really ultimately you had what you needed to to win. You got the um, the quarterback play. You got the turnovers on defense. And the fact that you couldn't convert that into a win, like you were talking about earlier, Austin, it's – Frankly, it's inexcusable, um, but nothing that we're we're surprised about with this coaching staff. And, you know, I think the one thing that I am thankful for is with Fields in the game, it definitely was a more exciting game to yeah. watch. You know, I'm totally. sitting there for you know, all 60 minutes, you know, with ba with Bajan playing, you know, 
you could be on your phone half the time yeah. if you wanted to be and, and kind of just periodically look back up the time. I actually have a clip from Matt Eberflus's um, press conference. I'll play it really quick. I'd say that does the trick. Oh, very nice. That'll do it. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, I'd say that'll do it. I knew I'd get you there. <laughs> you think we put in the work to get the clips from the press conference? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I was like, man, I... Because I get the notifications uh, from when they go live because I'll pop on to, to Twitter and listen to them. So I got the notification when I went live. I was like, man, who's who's doing the producing work behind the scenes that I don't know about that's able to capture this for us? I was like, that's awesome. But, oh, man, this is way too funny. All right, guys. Um, but once again, we'll be here watching this godforsaken team. Sometimes you wonder what we did in our past lives. What what happened to us that we we got delivered this horrible fate? Also saw Cam Rising somehow coming back for his like eighth college football season. Saw that was announced like five minutes ago. Don't know how. Sometimes the NCAA with eligibility, you just have no clue how they're bending these things. Uh, but yeah, once again, disappointing loss. But as always, we'll be here with you. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you all for uh, sticking around. Um, we'll be back for, for pregame um, for the Vikings. That'll be a Monday night, like we had mentioned, another primetime game for the Bears. Uh, hope you all have a great Thanksgiving holiday. Um, spend time with family, friends, and uh, enjoy some football as well. Bear down, everyone. Bear down. consistently put players in position to succeed. And the last thing, the most important piece is we're going to take the North and never give it back.